getting up, sitting down, going back to work. Might not help, but still it couldn't hurt. I'm sitting down, writing jokes, singing silly songs. I'm sorry I was gone, but look, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite open wide. Here comes the setting of it like you play on the beach you hit the ball out into it like the home run is if you hit it in the water so if the wave's yeah, coming true. in you can hit a like a 200 <laughs> foot bomb instead of like a 300 foot bomb you know what i mean that's awesome. well, that's, well that's why i've been trying to get my guys here because we just want to play down here but like the home run would be in the water right oh that's beautiful by the way right oh that's oh, sick oh yeah uh, when this is over i need to uh, tour the house yeah, well, whenever. Oh, yeah. Should we, um, person? maybe we just, just me. not do the, uh, the, the podcast and we just do an MTV Cribs episode. Yeah, why don't we just, why don't we just take a look at Jay's house? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we should just, uh, ghost sign for the next two hours like he's been ghosting us. Wow. We could just, just do the podcast, three of us. Shot <laughs> fired. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time that one of the hosts of this show napped through an episode. I don't think it would be the second time either, to be honest. That's fair, but it would be my first time. So I'm like, I just, I just nap fucking hard, and I never nap, so I don't really know where I am right now. But that's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to fucking go. I've got some ginger snaps and some coffee. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be in there. You know, maybe, maybe five minutes into the show, ten minutes into the show, I'll, I'll start feeling good. Should we, should we do it, or do we want to, do we want to look at Jay's house more? Because I could do both. Let's go. Fired up, man. Good All right, let, I gotta go let, to bed. Sure, sure, bed, sure. So after after what feels like forever, welcome to another episode of Shut Up Stein. I am your host Stein. I'm joined by uh, the glasses wearing, beanie donning, toast. Good to be back in the booth, eh? Yeah, man. You gotta you gotta stay cozy. It's midsummer down here, so air conditioner is going full throttle, 50 degrees in the house. Love to see it. Love to see it. My AC is going too. Today's the first day in about three weeks where it's not 100 degrees in Utah. So it's, it's nice. It's a nice change. You'll love to see it. That's probably why I napped. Anyway, today we have two guests that I'm thrilled to have on the show. I mean, Toast and I have been going back and forth about getting these guys on the show for a long time now. And, uh, it, you know, as the season kicks off and, and it really gets into full swing, it's just a little bit more difficult to... Uh, to sit down and to get everybody in the same place, but we finally did it. We got him. I almost slept through it. Operative word, almost. It brings me great pleasure to welcome onto the show eventual Hall of Famers, Jay Vantresca and uh, Matthew Ventamiglia. And I know for a fact that I pronounced that correctly, right? Back me up here, somebody, please. <laughs> you got it. You got Nailed it. it. Crushed it. <laughs> Well, I would put so much more Italian on that name. It was the me, yeah. Yeah, a lot of this, a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of <laughs> hand motions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you ask my parents, there's there's no G in it, but for the purposes of Americanizing myself a little bit, we'll we'll go with the G. Sure, yeah. sure. When my ancestors came on the Ellis Island boats, our original name was Stuchinsky, and so they changed it then to Stein, which. I think I would have rather kept Stuchinsky, but you know, whatever. Just Definitely in case, Stuchinsky. 
right? Right? It's just more yeah. ethnic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Both equally disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pumped to have you guys on this show. Uh, I, I'm ready to talk a little bit of uh, intergenerational whiffs, but before we do that, there are probably a couple of people who either don't really know much about you guys or who don't know enough. So much in the way that we always do with new guests, why don't we hear a little bit from the two of you? Maybe we start with Jay. Uh, tell us your whiff lineage and then we'll move on to Matt and we'll hear a little bit about how you guys linked up. Oof. Lineage, all right. I uh, started playing in 99. So I've been playing forever. Um, couple of national championships thrown in there, some runner-ups. I was talking to Maddie today and I, I figured out, I think I've lost in the semis or better in fast pitch seven different times to the eventual chance. Um, and then, like I said, you know, we won a couple here and there too. So it's uh, it's been a while. We've, I've been playing forever. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. So I'm what I'm hearing is that you were Maddie Griffin before it was cool to be Maddie Griffin, right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, like he's just trying to be me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, of course, you played with him, and you know, you guys just came up short. For those who don't know, uh, Jay was on uh, on on the team that went to the finals, and my pick to win. Uh, and in that game, you had you had two home runs in that game, three, two, three home runs. How many home runs? I was waiting for one more AB. I was uh, I was setting yeah. him up for the slider. It was the only it was the only pitch I had hit out on him, to be honest. Mm, mm. Uh, well, so close. And of course, then uh, your uh, teammate of several years now, uh, Matt Ventimiglia. Is that is that better, Ventimiglia? Kind of like... <laughs> if, my parents, if my parents tune into the podcast, they'll appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope they do. Matt, tell us a little bit about uh, where you uh, where you started playing and where you're at now. Yeah, so I guess... Uh... This is my 21st year of whip. So my first tournament was in 2000 in a whip up. I was 14 years old. Um, I guess like a lot of people, you kind of show up uh, with your brother, your cousins, whatever. You have all the confidence in the world until you kind of see like someone warming up. Um, but I got hooked. I played with my brother a couple of years after that. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit um, with Jay too, because there was a little bit of recruiting and poaching going on early on in, in our career. But, uh, you know, I'd say, I guess over half of my whip career now has been playing um, with Jason Ventresca. That's well, uh, a, I was going to say, Jay's not a terrible guy to stick your reputation to, right? Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll get to talking about uh, some of the things that, that make uh, you guys so well-known and so special. But the first thing that I, like, you know, I don't know, when I hear Jay's name, like, we we've talked about hit some on this podcast before. Um, that is like the era of whiffs that it initially comes to mind. So I, I was hoping since you both started way earlier than most um, uh, and and really pioneered the game, I was hoping you could kind of talk about that era, that early two thousands era. What was it like? Who were the good players? Who were the good teams? What was it like? Um, transitioning from that into what we have now i'll uh i'll start it was it was absolutely awesome i mean you know like maddie i started in 99 with my brothers um it's just me and my two brothers went to our first tournament in shimokin pennsylvania and uh we ended up in the semis and we faced bruce christie and uh mike washington 
and we were hitting Bruce Christie a little bit and then all of a sudden they brought in Mike Washington and for the first time I saw a drop I was like what the hell is that um, you know screwball and it's a, you know it was, it was life changing um, and then like you know like Maddie, we were hooked um, early 2000s US PPBA came in around and uh, you know we were one of the teams that we were we were in it um, in 02 we finished uh, second in the country to the Vipers I had uh Chris Sarnowski, Sarno, um, was on my team, and then uh, oh, just we for also clarification, had... that, that is that is the original Chris Sarnowski. You're not talking about Red. You're talking about his pappy. Just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> right, the lefty one. Um, and he was, you know, he was a great teammate for years. Um, and then we also had a guy named Corey Poet, who probably nobody knows, but for one year was the best pitcher I've ever seen. Um, and he actually blew out his arm against Mickey Hyde's Toe Killer Dogs um, to get to the finals against the Vipers. So we were kind of, we kind of had nothing left um, going up against them in the, in the finals. But, you know, like I said, he was filthy for that year. Absolutely wow. filthy. And Mickey Hyde, what a name drop. That's that's a name that no one on this show is going to know. That's a great name drop. That's yeah. fucking sick. Yeah. But uh. then, in all honesty, Ted, the, you know, Texas back in the day was awesome too. You'd have, you know, 40 plus 40 teams that were all legit. And, you know, you'd go to battle for hours. It was, it was great. It was great. It's fun, it's fun to think back to those old tournaments too, because we have all these memories. What, what I think is the biggest difference is just how, how things have become so standardized. Because when you go back to those tournaments, you, you were learning new pitches. Like we were all going and watching new pitchers throw and learning new pitches and there was no social media and there was no wiffle boy where you could look up how to throw a knuckleball. So it was it was a little more like kind of like backyard baseball type style where there were no jerseys. Maybe a team or two had jerseys, maybe they just had white tees. But you know, I, I was rolling up there with my team with like <laughs> the wiffle up black magic bats. Like my first few years of Fast Plastic, we were using black magic bats because we didn't like the drag on the loco. That's fucking um, sick. That's sick. I mean, it was, looking back, it was probably a huge disadvantage, but it was just, um, it was more scrappy. Mm. So, oh man, that's that's fucking sick. I, I, I think about you guys and, well, not necessarily you two specifically, but I think about that era of whiffs quite frequently, actually, because um, as I've mentioned on this show, uh, you know, I play in that, that league in Vegas, Premier League Whiffle. And I was just talking about this with some of the team owners the other day. Uh, it, it's it's weird to be a guy like myself who came up in the early 2010s and had to get spanked by you guys specifically you two over and over and over uh, again to learn the you know what i mean to like learn what it how to pitch how to hit how to how to do to have to watch and and suffer like that and then um now to be one of the most experienced guys in a league is very interesting um, so for that, that the reason I bring that up is because my next question is how have you all stayed current with the ever changing dynamics? So like when you guys first started, kind of like Jay was saying, like when you first saw a drop, you were like, what the fuck is that thing? And now we've got the super curves and the knuckleballs and there's a million different scuffs and a million different types of bats. So how have you guys who started in the old school style of whiffs? been able to not only last through the different eras, but succeed at a very high level. I mean, I, for, for me, I mean, I don't, 
I think the short answer is like I haven't probably. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if you go to yard, like I'm probably one of the few guys who just I don't have the time to learn or I can't throw a knuckleball, right? Like every other pitcher in the universe that plays yard, the golden stick, they're all throwing a knuckle. I, I, I don't have that. I, I don't cut my own balls. I will either pay someone to cut balls or, or I'll just walk around steel balls throughout the tournament. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of called the veteran moves and kind of for me anyway, using that and taking that as far as I could go because what a lot of these younger generational guys are doing is amazing and it is frankly hard to keep up. Um, but it is amazing for the sport and it's amazing to witness. But I think you got to kind of just lean on experience to an extent because keeping up with what they're doing is, is, uh, is not for an old timer like me. <laughs> yeah, Jay, what do you think? Maddie's, uh, uh, I think, you know, Maddie and I spend hours and hours practicing weekly um, in the off season. No, we don't do that. We, uh, I don't know. We just, <laughs> it's this very, you see ball, hit ball, right? Um, and even with the evolution of the knuckleball and the different pitches and things, um, I mean, I feel like now, even at, at my age, I feel like I'm a better hitter now than I even was five, 10, 15 years ago, as crazy as that is. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I see it, I know it, I recognize it. And I feel like my hands are still fast enough where, you know, I can and rip. confirm. <laughs> and confirm. 100%. Yeah. I remember playing against you in like the early 2010s whenever you were playing with Jordan, both of y'all were. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. Mine. 20, 2014? I to, yeah, I traveled up to a New York tournament. We played y'all in the finals one year. Mm -hmm. And then ever since then, we, every time we play y'all, you, you beat me ever since then. So you've taken it to heart. <laughs> I think I had a slow, I think the one hit I had off you that game, because I found the video online recently, was like a like a little dribbler that just got past the fair line. But I, I, I do think you shut us out that game. No, and that was questionable too. Not <laughs> well, we need we needed the hit on the scorecard, so we took it. Yeah, hey, it, it, you don't get past that cheap line. That's the reason they call it a cheap line. If it gets past it, it's not cheap, right? Am I wrong? No, it was, it was nuts, man. It, it's crazy to think that we we're y'all were still playing together way back then, and how everything's changed. I mean, I think Bob was on that team too. Wasn't Rob on that team? Yeah, LFG Bob. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, that was. Man, I was playing with Painter and Captain Josh and Eric Anderson. It was a nutty year, man. Yeah, yeah. That was um, that was the year after Jay and I, um, with with Steffi, Skip, and Danny, mm. won the final in Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. So uh, that was I was I, that was probably the last year of fast pitch as we know it for Golden Stick, right? Twenty fourteen, they played a yeah. Beehive. Yep. In, in the finals, and then then they went to the draft tournament. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah, that is right. Um, all right, let's let's talk some uh, let's talk some specifics, and then we're going to talk a little bit of UWIFs. Now, um, oh my God, just got a, a wild text from Bob. Somebody please tell Bob my dog is just fine. He's chewing on my hand right now as we speak. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to talk uh, about some specifics, uh, and I want to start with Jay. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to have to flatter you here as much as I don't want to, but I'm going to have to do it. Jay, you are widely considered one of the best fielders of all time and most likely the best infielder to ever play wiffle ball. And I don't think I've ever seen you play without a leg brace on. So 
Yeah, of course. We we all know that uh, we all know that you're a bat that can hit anybody. But how have you maintained your ability to to field the ball, and what importance do you feel like fielding plays in in a player's profile? Like, I mean, fielding is huge. I mean, it, and getting back to the leg brace, actually, the the tournament that we lost uh, in the finals to the enemy in Georgia, I had torn my ACL uh, like four and a half months before that I got my surgery and I played in that tournament. Um, so, you know, it, it's not, it, I haven't always had it, but apparently I also had another torn ACL, just for the record. I had two torn ACLs. Didn't know I had one for years, but anyway. Um, I think fielding is hugely important. Like even uh, Kyle on our team, who's a filthy, absolutely filthy uh, yard pitcher, um, he throws certain pitches if I'm there and, and you know, next to him because he just feels confident that he can do it and, you know, pound somebody in on the hands a little bit. Um, so I, it, it is huge. If you make all the plays, you know, usually you win all the games. That's just kind of how it works. Because everybody, everybody can hit the ball, everybody can pitch, and then if you're making those couple of plays, it kind of puts you over the top. Yeah, Jay, and you talk about 2013 in Georgia. You may not remember this, but I think about it all the time. The game before you lost to Norris in the semifinals, you played us, and you guys were winning oh, yeah. two to one, two to nothing. Gerard hit what should have been a double, but the grass stopped it. Okay, so it's two to one, and then Connor's up with two outs and men on first and third, and Connor he hits a rip shot oppo field, and uh, you went full horizontal for it, and you made the play, and that I think about it all the time because that that ball would have got through, would have tied the game, and I genuinely believe if you don't make that play, we're playing Norris and. Uh, losing to Norris, by the way, in the finals. So I, I do think about that. I don't know, Venti, do you have do you have thoughts on that? Because I've I don't know, Venti, if I've ever seen you actually field the ball. Usually when I play you, you're you're pitching. So I don't know. Have what what are your thoughts on the importance of fielding? That was an incredible slow motion uh edit you just did there. That was, it was great. <laughs> Is that what happened to me? It sounded normal to me. You had, you, Utah, you had the Utah internet connection happening. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I was so nervous to answer the question because I didn't know where I was on the timeline of time. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I, I, to Jay's point about fielding, I mean, his fielding has gotten better over the years. It's been, it's, in, it's insane. Not, I mean, he was always elite and it's gotten better. I mean, in Yard, <clears throat> you're obviously dealing with a lot more action in the field. And again, it goes back to like, um, you know, the, the veteran style of play, you don't, you know, when you're up and coming and you're losing those tournaments as a teenager, one nothing because of an error. Like, you know, I remember like losing sleep for multiple days because we would get so excited at a ground ball and it would just like flub it up. But uh, we've done this long enough and watching Jay do it has been, a, has been a treat, kind of being front and center and able to see it firsthand. On the fast pitch side, I mean, Right, you get one or two plays, and that's you know you're winning one nothing, two one, three two. So you know the guy barrels the ball. If you can make a play and steal a hit, that's that's the difference. That's the game mm -hmm. right there. So yeah. um, you know it's it's a pitcher field, it's a pitcher hitter type game. But that fielding, I think, also um, more recently, I think I think the offense has come around and caught up to the pitching over the last few years. Yeah, and I sure. think you see that with some of the higher score games we did at UWIF last year in the finals and semifinals. Um, so that, yeah, the, the fielding I think is ever more important than you know than, than it was a decade ago that's a good point maddie actually watching you whiffs there were some pitchers that were dealing 
and they were getting hit up. And I was like, damn, like there, there were some guys barreling up some pitchers and I'm just, it, it it's kind of crazy. Um, so I definitely, you know, would agree with you that the hitting is caught up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps back in the day, being a fielder wasn't important in the way that it is now. And, I, and I'm talking about fast pitch here because medium pitch uh, fielding is exceptionally important regardless of era. But I think that, I think, Matt, you bring up a really good point that it's become more important and that somehow Jay has gotten better at it as it has become more important. But I guess that's what good players do, right? I don't know. Well, that's what he was kind of talking about earlier. Like, they would go to tournaments and they would see one or two new guys that would throw a pitch that they'd never seen before. Like, mm-hmm. before the whole YouTube craze, you didn't know what people had unless you saw them at a tournament. Like, right. no one knew how I pitched forever unless they came to nationals. And, mm-hmm. like, still, you still wouldn't see me unless you played me. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I had that going for me for a lot of years, but everyone's seen me now. Like, it's nothing new. Like, but, that didn't matter with Jay. Like, good hitters are going to hit you regardless. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the biggest uh, points of pride in my uh, career was, I think, 2018 uh, when we played the Vipers, uh, which, Jay, you were a part of. And I remember going out there to pitch against you guys and thinking to myself, like, look, if it's Dalby or if it's Ballion, that's all right. I'm just not going to let it be Jay. And I think I was able to hold you to, like, one for four in that Mm -hmm. game with very little damage done. And and that made me feel uh, really good. Um, And... uh, and so, yeah, it's like moments like those, like like when you become the guy that people are like, okay, I'm not gonna let it be him. That's gotta be kind of that moment, right? Where, I mean, and then and then it ends up being you anyway. Like I think about the finals in UWIPs, right? There's no way that Evanish was going up there being like, I'm not gonna let Jay beat me and you still got him twice, right? So it's, it's interesting to well, see how yeah. that unfolds. Yeah, it was, I don't know if it was me or, I mean, you gotta remember in that lineup, there's, there's some good sticks there. I mean, you got, you got Maddie, you got Dnap. Like those guys can absolutely flat out rake. So I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm getting pitched around there at all. Um, you know, to me, you know, those are two of the better hitters out there. Um, you know, he didn't. He kind of made a mistake with one pitch, and then the other pitch was just a screwball that I was able to barrel up. Um, but no, he was, he was dealing. I mean, you guys, I'm sure everybody's seen that video. He was, he was absolutely filthy that day. I love seeing that though because not a lot of those. Not a lot of the MAW kids or the Midwest kids or a lot of the teams out there even knew like who some of the older guys were that like we kind of played with that generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we kind of know those guys a lot better than you guys know those guys. So that was I thought that was awesome. There people were in the stands were like, Who is this guy? Like just hitting bombs up there. We're like, That's Jay. Like, how do you not know who Jay is? Like, Who's the guy with the broken leg there. in the finals? Raking them, breaking everybody off. What's Breaking happening? It's so that's that's such a unique wiffle ball experience. Like you don't see that in other sports where you turn around and you're like, is that guy playing with one leg and also destroying everybody? Like you just don't see that in other sports. Very interesting dynamic. So, so should we? Jake, should we Jake, Jake, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say real real quick. One of the things Jay pointed out, like. Towards the end of day one, there we were we were catching up between games, and he's like, he's like, look around, like look around at the the Sweet 16 teams right now, <clears throat> and just going along with like the the um, theme of you know the veteran style play. All the teams that were left, with the exception of like one or two, are guys who are like tried and tested, been there before. Um, you know, a lot of the teams that were highly anticipated to make some damage didn't have their it just wasn't their weekend. 
but the guys who have been there before under the spotlight, you know, playing those evening late night games, you know, win or go home, um, they all kind of came through for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think about 603 in their performance, you know, getting up, shaking off the rust, and then all of a sudden you're playing on Sunday. That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, I shouldn't have lost that game. I really shouldn't have lost that, that game. I mean, hell, one, one pitch, one pitch away. And I mean, the suspects yep. were one pitch away from going home on Saturday night. And it, it is very interesting the role that experience plays in whiffs. I mean, it plays a similar role in baseball, but it's not the same. It's just uniquely different. It is. But I mean, listen, I think, I think Maddie and I are so old that we have no uh, we have no business still competing, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, we, we still kind of are, are relatively relevant, I think. And, and I think we compete, you know, any tournament we go to, we feel like we have a chance at winning. Um, and that's kind of a unique thing about WIF, which is kind of cool. Hey, you know, I've said for years, the best way to retain players is not to let everybody have a chance to win the day. It's you, you want to go out there feeling like you got the chance to compete. So you go out there. Well, Maybe we don't make the finals or even the semifinals, but shit, maybe we make it to Sunday. And if you've got teams with that mentality, they're going to show up. Um, and then, you know, if you go to enough events, eventually you get there. Eventually you get your turn to play in a big game. Maybe you never win at all, but at least you get to play in a big game. And uh, I, I don't know too many Whifflers who haven't had that opportunity. And I think that's a good thing. That's awesome. Let's, let's talk a little bit about you, Whips. Um, in comparison to other historical events, we've done that on this show before, but I don't think we've ever had the opportunity to do it with guys who are quite as uh, well-seasoned as the two of you. We're not talking salt and pepper. We're busting out the turmeric and the cayenne and the paprika. So can y'all give me your impression of you whiffs in comparison to, for example, the original uh, fast plastic in its heyday. Where where are the similarities? Where are the differences? And if you can, which one is a better experience? I'll, I'll defer to Maddie. Go ahead, you first. Oh man, um, you whiff was like nothing I have ever ever been a part of before. I think fast plastic in its heyday, call it between 04 and 06, was was special. You know, I was a child back then, and it was like what I thought about all year long. And to like get on a plane, travel, and compete against those guys, like those tournaments were as, as good as they get, especially during that time. Um, but there's a natural progression, I think. And you fast forward 15 years, and you know, there's been advancements made. There's been, you know, things have kind of tightened up. And what what you know the the the, the um, tournament coordinators are able to do and build off of what's been there already. I, th I think UWIF was something special. I think that the fields were pristine, having a speed gun there, having a jumbotron that was active, like the whole like experience there was just, um, I mean, from I, I never did the Vegas tournaments, but I think that was, that was second to none. That was one of those where um, you're happy to stick around. You're happy to, to, to watch and just be part of it, even though you're not, um, <laughs> even if you get knocked out of the Sweet 16, you're happy to kind of just stick around and see how it all unfolds. Cause it was, it was nice to see wiffle ball fast pitch specifically kind of get like reinvigorated and kind of like be reborn in, in a sense. Yeah. It was something that we were all worried about for a couple of years. And, uh, it looks like, it looks like things are where they finally need to be. Jay, your thoughts on, on old versus new era, big, big events. 
Yeah, I think I think that that uh, you know, UFS was kind of a unparalleled, um, isolated event. You know, it was it was very, it was awesome. Like Maddie was saying, you know, the venue was phenomenal, and you know, it'd be nice if we'd be able to play a few more games. You know, as far as like wait time, but that almost kind of added to the vibe, if that makes any sense. Like hanging around, everybody's there in, in close quarters, even during COVID time. You know, it was uh, it was kind of cool to have a little bit of normalcy in, in that regard. Um, so it was cool. You know, the old school Texas was phenomenal. I mean, it really was. It was, you know, like I said, you had 40 some uh, teams that were there just going at it. Um, the biggest difference, I would say, is the, the way the teams are comprised. You know, you had back in the day, you know, you had one or two guys that could play. And then you had a couple of guys that were, you know, this this one's buddy that was just filling, you know, coming because his friend's really good at whiff and he's just there um and now you have you know like four legit guys on each squad that can absolutely stick it and you know can throw the hell out of it yeah that's that's a really good point uh that's a really good i think what happened and this is just me spitballing here but i think what ended up happening is you, you got a bunch of guys from the old world era who now who you know who were in their teens and 20s when it was getting started who now have the financial backing to be able to make a trip and then you've got a level of enthusiasm and commitment from the younger guys that simply wasn't there in the older era and so now you're getting this yeah unbridled um uh new era of guys who have been committed for years and guys who are committed for seemingly no reason uh but don't plan on going anywhere and i think that that produces a large player body which is good it's what, it's what you love to see mm -hmm. yeah you, it was really cool to kind of go to a tournament and not know half the teams like you know i tried mm -hmm. to read up and whatever the previews said but it was the first time in a while for me where you kind of show up and you're like what does this guy throw who's this you know yeah who's this person we should keep an eye on this guy um that was that was very refreshing in, uh, in a lot of ways i think been a long time you know, since funny. we had that problem we went, there. we went there and i ended up uh i think we played all older teams we played <laughs> the three we played you guys maddie we played right. you know uh, you toast we yeah we played you twice <laughs> right we played c4 we played like the guys mm -hmm. you know usual stuff we played all of them um you i don't know the holidays too didn't you With, uh, yeah so we played them twice yeah. wow it's funny how that yeah, happens so sometimes it is funny yeah <laughs> I think it was, uh, you know, Jay is not known for his pitching. And we always joke that, you know, his first time on the mound over the years was always in this, like, winner go home regional or NCT style. So I think last <laughs> year for him was, like, the first time where he didn't have to, like, go pitch a Final Four game against the rookies just because we had completely run out of pitching. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Are y'all there I for mean... the, the home run derby the night before, too? Yeah, we, we got there with, like, two minutes to spare. Mm. That's going to be me this year. I got a wedding, and then I'm leaving straight from the wedding on Friday to, to find my way to the field. Um, so oh, no, it, it'll be self-induced. Oh, self-induced. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. Well, um, some special things on the docket for uh, some, some pre-tournament <laughs> events. So wow. Pre-tournament event. Uh, well, yeah. And so I don't want to talk too much about the format because – our next guests, we will be breaking down the format in great detail now that it's available. That's going to be a really fun time. But just based on what you've seen or read or what you experienced from last year, where do you see, um, 
I mean, we've talked about what you what's biggest strength is in its participation. Where do you see a hole that can be patched in this upcoming tournament, if you see one at all? I mean, I haven't I haven't really analyzed it to the nth degree. I know that as mm -hmm. a you know Final Four team, I know we're we're in a good spot um, as Black Dog, um, and mm -hmm. we're definitely hoping to uh, you know kind of win one more game than we did last year. Mm -hmm. um, so you know. I mean, I've always been a guy that, regardless of of how it shakes out and who you're playing, and you just you got to win the game in front of you, right? It doesn't matter. Eventually, you got to get there. Um, if you look at our road last year to get to the finals, it was brutal. Like if you look at how it lined up, we, I mean, if you wanted to give, uh, you know, maybe the top six teams in the tournament your guess, you know, pre-tournament, we were probably playing them to try to get to where we needed to get to to win it. Yeah, you're not wrong. You, know, and we, you, we guys, a, you guys broke my bracket. I had you guys winning. Sorry about that. <laughs> I blame you. I blame you specifically. You I didn't do enough, wear, Jay. Yeah. You didn't wear I Where did. was the third home run? <laughs> yeah, I was. I got walked. Smart pitcher. I heard uh, Toast had me pegged. I heard you announcing. I don't know if you remember that. But you were like, oh, he, he, that I chased, I didn't chase anything in your game because I was making you guys work. But I was trying to jump, you know, I was trying mm -hmm. to jump him in, in the finals. And you're like, he chased nothing. And then, and he was like, you had me pegged. And I really hate you for that a little bit. Uh, let me just say LFG pegging. Oh, there we go. We had to sneak <laughs> a sexual in, in you. Absolutely. <laughs> Maddie, we've got, we've got about three minutes left. What do you see as a, a hole in the wall that could use a little spackle? Um, it's hard to even kind of go back and think about the rules and whatnot. There's, there's a, honestly, there's a, there's a few rules in there that I'm not even going to talk about here just for competitive reasons that, you know, my team unleashes is exploring for uh, wow. the use of our advantage. Wow. Um, that's all I want to say about that. But, um, you know, I think the number of games is definitely eye opening for, you know, the non black door dog country club teams that are, that are playing. There's, there's a potential for was it 11 games like that's i believe 12. that's awesome and that's 12. so that's awesome and that's scary as hell especially you know um mm -hmm. you know one of the reasons <laughs> if your team if your team doesn't have you know you need three four pitchers right or you need mm -hmm. two 20 year olds that could just kind of throw all day so um <laughs> that's a good point ex exciting stuff and it'll you know it's fun to to think about but uh like jay said like you're gonna we're gonna go and we're going to get our draw and we're going to get our pool play and we're going to just take it a game at a time and see what happens. That's how you got to do it. Um, now, like I said, next week, we are going to have two more big names, former guests on the show. Uh, we'll have them on to really break down the, the UWIS format, the strengths, the weaknesses, the, the things that they're scared about, the things that they're excited about. So I don't know, maybe I can sneak uh, a little text out of you, Maddie, to, to, to hear what some of those rules are, if you can point me in the right direction so that I can press our guests. But uh, we will see. Uh, but other than that, we're, we're pretty much out of time. Um, still a lot of whips to be played this year. We're not even in July. And just really quick to plug, for those listening, if you're looking for a 4th of July vacation, come to Vegas. Medium pitch, unscuffed tournament. Winner, winning team gets. I think. I think it's three hundred bucks to enter. Winning team gets twenty five hundred. Uh, come for the whiffs. Stay for the for the pool and the bars and the grotto and the models and all that stuff. It's a, it's a real good time if you're looking for something and you don't know what to do. Holla at your boy. This has been Shut Up Stein. Give, uh, 
I heard you get three chances to uh, dunk Gannon in the dunking booth whenever you go there. Too. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know, I don't know about all that, but the kid could use a dunking if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> now we love Gannon; he does a lot of work out there. And uh, Toast, I gotta, I gotta hold you accountable. You told me that he'd never get Schaefer out there. Guess who's on his way out? Schaefer. Schaefer? He'll, he'll, he'll be there for the 4th of July that. tournament. You'll love to see it. I'm excited to meet him because I've never met play. him in person. you love to see it. Sure, yeah. play, sure. Well, thank you to our guests, Jay and Maddie. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys uh, at the Open and then again at UWIFs. It's been too long. I appreciate y'all dealing with me falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having us, guys. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, next week, we got two big names to talk about some big stuff. But until then, see ya. Here comes the content. It's a beautiful.